Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. Stewardship. It's, it's a word we use sometimes. It's not a word that we always use. Um, and sometimes we miss the meaning of that. Um, we don't we don't talk about people being stewards. Um, that's another term that we that we hear a lot. And, and sometimes I think we <clears throat> in our modern day language, we actually don't even value that of stewards. Yes, today it would be probably closely related to a manager. Um, and even then, sometimes we get managers that think that they own what they manage. Give them a little bit of control. There you go. That's right, Pete. Here they go. Give them a little bit of control. And they act like they own the place. And you can be a first-line manager. And boy, we get some that act like tyrant CEOs. <clears throat> but you know what? There is a lot to be said about stewardship, about good management. And when we hear about management, that it, uh, money doesn't always come to our mind. And that's the same thing that would be the case with stewards. And so we're going to look at two scriptures today mainly um, as we start. We will be looking over the next few weeks. Stewardship, I will be talking about, you know, Stewardship one spiritually today, spiritual stewardship. Next week, we'll be looking at kingdom stewardship, being a stewardship in the kingdom. God talks about that. And then we will be looking at the third phase after you get the mind right and the heart right, spiritual and kingdom, your purpose, where your citizenship. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a citizen of the kingdom. So spiritual stewardship, kingdom stewardship, and then we'll be talking about property and financial stewardship. Many of us want to start with property and financial, and our mind isn't right, nor is our focus. And so our property management will be off as well. And for some of us, it shows. I'm looking at the clock. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I didn't want to say that, and y'all be like, well, why is he looking at me? I'm not. The clock is managing time well, but the clock doesn't own it. And so the clock just tells us what time it is. Um, it doesn't govern our time. And so today we will, be, we will be starting in this. And here's what I would ask you to do. Don't look at, boy, so-and-so would have been great to be here today. You're here. God has you here today, which means he wants you to be able to reflect on, even if you think none of this applies to you, I would say live a little bit longer. You know, as they say, live a little bit longer. It will, if it doesn't. But, or maybe God is having you to hold this for some time later. But I suppose most likely this is a good time for both personal reflection and for you to be able to see how you are concerning these areas. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And then while you're there, go over the 1 Peter 4 
10 and 11 and hold your finger there because we will be looking at that. Paul, in addressing this Corinthian church, and as he was laying the foundation for their own authority over the Corinthians, spiritually speaking, and as he had to lay down some things for them because they had gotten what we called, you know, back in the day, they had gotten the big head as Corinthians. They really thought that their financial wealth and that their, <clears throat> um, that their societal status had allowed them to live the way that they were living, which was outside of God's will. And Paul, in this corrective letter to them, was laying a good foundation, and he starts off talking about, in chapter 4, them as apostles and their ministry. And I'm only going to read the first two verses because it is what I want us to understand and see. Verse 1 says, this is how one should regard us. And he was saying us, those leaders, those apostles. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. He uses that word twice in two verses. Let me read it, read it again. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. <clears throat> Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Let's pray. Father, as we delve into your word, may we get your insight so that we may have your outcome in our lives. We ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. What is stewardship? What is being a steward? A steward is one that has been entrusted with something or some content or some body of work or information that is not their own. It's been handed to you, and we see that throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Jesus uses some parables about that. It is something that has been handed to you under your leadership and care and is not yours. That there is a master, there is someone who you are responsible to for it. And all of us in one, in, in one way or another have been stewards. We have been entrusted with something, whether small or great. Not even, even with your age, small or great. As kids, you've been entrusted with the upkeep of your room. I remember that as a room. I had to be reminded several times by my mother and my father that room is one you use, you do not own. You know, so they would say, go clean up your room. But if I got beside myself, that you turn to my. You're not taking care of my room the way I want you to. Or it was, you know, it was our house until I got beside myself. And then it became, y'all know, come on, parents, my house. We are all entrusted as adults, as, as, as those in school, you've been entrusted with a body of work that you are responsible to learn. And you demonstrate how well you've handled it when that test comes up 
or when you go to graduate or when you go to finish. You've been entrusted with something. You make it your own because you want to care for it well. As adults, when we go to a job, when we go to work, we've been entrusted with something. And that employer is looking for how you handled what you've been entrusted with. And for those entrepreneurs that say, I work for myself, I'm, I'm my own boss. You've been entrusted with whatever work you do for your clients. And if you don't handle that work well, you won't have any more clients. How many people have lost business, I mean, have lost business because what they've been entrusted with, they've not handled well? Stewardship. And so we understand that concept well. Somehow when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the work of God, when it comes to the things of God, we think that doesn't apply, but it applies even more. Why? Because scripture tells us that the earth is the Lord's. I remember this verse in King James. That's how I learned it years ago. The earth is the Lord and the, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Put it in today, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God has not abdicated any part of his world over to anyone. Some of our false teaching have told us God lost his control over the world. God didn't lose anything. And so everything here has been entrusted to mankind. In creation, in the very beginning, in Genesis, he tells them, he gives them some instructions of stewardship. It is supposed to be stewardship over creation. He tells them how they are to live in the earth and to subdue it, fill it, take control of it, manage it well. And in sin, we have ravaged it and continue to. And treating it in ways as if we're the ones who brought it about. We say things like, this is my world. Hmm. Last I checked, you were born into it. It was not born from you. Every last one of us here was born into a world. As a matter of fact, Adam, who wasn't born, was created after everything was there. So he can't even lay claim to it's my world. And so we see from the very beginning, God's mindset of stewardship has been there. And it will go on until you and I leave this earth and until he ends this earth, which it will one day in its current form. We know that from scripture. And so in between those times, what do we do? Corinthians gives us really good, as Paul was laying the foundation, he said, Here you are, here's how you are to regard us. You are to regard us as servants of Christ. Now we're in the family of God because we've come to Christ and Christ has set us on mission and on call. So you are to view us, I love this, as leaders, even of the church, you know, I'm not an apostle, but as a leader of the church, you are to view us as servants of Christ. I love that. He didn't say leaders in Christ. He said the right perspective to have of your leaders 
are they are servants of Christ. And because you, as followers of Christ, are also servants of Christ, you live under those servants' leadership. Because Christ is the focus. And so he says that you view us as servants of Christ, and I love this, and as stewards of the mysteries of God. All those things that were previously unknown that are being made known now, we get to manage it. That's what Paul was saying of his group. And we are on the hook for how we manage it. I'm going to give a little word for any of you who teach God's word in any form, whether it's to individually in your families or whether it's in small groups, great groups, Bible studies, or like this in service. All of us who, who, who teach the word of God understand you are held accountable for what and how you teach. You will give an answer. And those of us who think we can say what we want, do what we want, as we, you know, as we give out this information, We'll be surprised when God calls us on what we've done with what we've been entrusted with. See, sometimes we only think that applies to pastors. Man, it applies in your families. When you are teaching loved ones, when you are teaching children, when you are teaching one another, when you're living in a way that is instructive, it is on you. You can't live. If you thought that, let me help you out right now. You can't live however you want. Say whatever you want and think God is okay. And so he says, it is Required. I love this. How many of you guys have had to take classes where there was first a prerequisite, something that was required beforehand? Anyone? Right. And how good would that have been for you to try and get in that other class before taking the required one? Good luck. Even if someone lets you in, you might not know the content that was required beforehand for you to have success in that current class. You might have had some sort of in or hookup and you got in, but once you got in, you realize you didn't understand what was required. And he says it is required of, student, of, of stewards, of managers. There is a requirement. And that requirement for all of us today is faithfulness. Now, we study faithfulness, dependability, trustworthiness, being able to be counted on. How many of you guys love giving stuff to people that you know are not going to deliver? Seriously. How many of you just look forward to that? As a matter of, let me give you some more work since you didn't handle this one. We begin to hesitate. We begin to rethink that. We begin to go, I'm not sure. And that's on our level. Some of us are wondering why the Lord has not given me more. 
my question becomes, what are you doing with what he has? Well, it doesn't seem like much. It doesn't. But it's interesting that when you don't do much, what doesn't seem like much, why on earth should you get more? Why? We don't do that in everyday natural life. Why should the Lord do it in spiritual? Well, God, you haven't given me much yet. He hasn't. Okay. How are you handling what he has? And so he says it is required of, student, of, of stewards. There is a requirement. What is that requirement? That you are able to live up to the expectations that has been laid out for what you've been given. And I want to talk about spiritual stewardship. So turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to back up. Um, Paul always asked me, is that, it? is that all of the scripture? I think Paul knows now that he can be prepared for a few verses before and after. But he did ask me. He says, I have to stay on my toes. I was like, you know me too well, Paul. I'm going to go up to verse 8. Actually, 7, excuse me of chapter four, back up, and it, it, it actually just finishes up his thought, which started at chapter four, verse one, and you can read that later, but he says, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't mean that it condones it. It talks about how it deals with it. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That'll preach. Wow. But that's not even the focus. So that's the thought that he has as he is instructing the saints, as Peter is. And then he says, verse 10, as each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another. Because remember, he just instructed you to love one another, showing hospitality without complaining under your breath. That's grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks or oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything that I'm sorry, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love what he says. He says, as each has received a gift, he didn't say, if you have, you have. If you are in the family of God as a follower of Christ, you have, your sins have been forgiven and you have embraced Christ as your Savior. He says, you are in the family. And as someone in the family, you've been gifted in some way. Just as when you were born into your physical family, you were given genetically different things that will make some things easier. There are some things that you are gifted at physically because of what's been handed to you by the Lord through your birth. You have physical aptitudes more than others. 
And then we develop those gifts, of course, and those talents, and we see them on display in people. It's kind of silly to brag about them. You know, the person says, well, I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, bro, you were given that at birth. Person that says, I'm 6'5", and I'm 5'6". You were given that at birth. You had nothing to do with it. But what you do with it will determine what is said of you and about you by the Lord later. And so I like he says, so as each has received a gift, I love it, use it. Here's how we would read it today. Use it to serve yourself, making yourself look good. That's how today's word, even in the church. Use it to serve yourself. Use it to better your position. Use it to make yourself look good. God has nothing to do with that. He says, as everyone, as each one in the family has received a gift, use it to serve one another because I've already told you that you should be serving and loving one another as part of who you are as a follower of Christ and as part of the family of God. And so he just gives two examples. He says, use it to serve one another as good stewards. So it actually could be said, if I'm not using the gift that I've been given since I've been a believer, I'm probably not a good steward. Read the reverse and it makes sense. I'm probably not managing what God has given me well. I'm probably mm, that person that everyone just go, don't give him nothing. You know it's not going to get done. You know you're going to have to chase her down. You know you have to ask them 20 times. Every last one of you and me have been gifted by God to serve him by serving the body and by serving people individually. What are you doing with what God has given you to serve someone other than yourself? You've bettered your position. Okay, great. You've bettered your life with it. Great. Who else gets to benefit from that? And does the body of Christ get to benefit from it? Because ultimately, that's what he's saying here. Where is it on display? Where is it being developed? Where is it being used? Our society is so infatuated with greatness. We all want to be great at something. That's what it seems like. I want to be great. I want to be known. And we get a little spiritual with it. I want to leave a legacy. For some of us translated, I want people to remember me. But why? Why is it that we want to be remembered? Why is it that we want to be seen, known, have influence? Why? See, understand, 
Yes, you've been given and owned some things, meaning they're in your possession. But we also know there are some things, I mean, all these things will be and can be taken at a moment's notice. When you leave this earth, we know none of it goes with you, but how you managed it will. You know the verse when the Lord says in the parable, well done, good and faithful, which is the requirement for stewards. Servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. In other words, you can enter into this joyfulness that you have accomplished, you have lived out, you have managed well what the Lord has gifted to you. And if you don't know what that is, you can, you can begin to find out. I think most of us, especially of age, have an idea. But then spiritually, how has he gifted? He said, whoever speaks, I love this, as one who speaks the oracle of God. He gives the two. He gives up front and he gives in the background. I love that because he actually covers both areas. Those of us who are gifts puts us up front and puts us to where we are speaking for and representing God by our words. He says, let what you do and speak be as if you are speaking the very words that God has asked you to speak and that you are speaking those things which God wants others to understand. In other words, they, we need to be so in tune with the Lord that we say what he's saying. Are you saying what the Lord is saying to your children in your home? Or do you have your own isms that your kids remember? Now, you may have some of them. I know our household, we have some. We have some of the isms. But are they the ones that rule over their lives? I finally learned, boy, it took a while, but I finally learned I wanted my kids to please God more than pleasing me. Why? Because if they please God, they'll please me if I'm godly. Now, they may not do it the way I want. As long as it's not done in an ungodly way, we cool. See, but the whole issue is, even in the management of our homes, are we saying what God says? And that is the overarching thing for our children. On our jobs, are we known for our character, for our godliness, and are we operating in our giftedness? When we come together as a body of Christ, am I coming just to get my blessing on? Do I just want to come in here and feel good and leave, or am I being an influence on someone's life as I serve the body? Because that's what God is calling you and I to do. And I love this. He says, not all of us are going to be up front. The one who speaks, as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves, I love this, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. I love this because when you are serving, if it is out of any other strength than the Lord's strength, you're going to get tired. You're going to get fed up. 
you're going to want to quit. These people don't appreciate me, Lord. Nah, I'm tired. They just use me. They're just ungrateful, Father. And I can just hear the Lord saying, who are you doing it for? I can't with them, God. I just can't. He says that we serve in the strength that we've developed over the years by our network and by those that have helped us. No. We serve by the strength, I love this, that the Lord supplies, which means you are asking him for that supply and that you are serving, knowing that you are serving under his strength, under his eye, and for his purposes. You know what that does that keeps us from quitting? Because serving is hard. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend it's not. It's hard, especially when you serve in people. And I'll say when people are serving you, it's hard. And when you operate in the Lord's strength, you end up being more and more of a good steward. And here's the reason why we use, I mean, we are um, good stewards of God's a gift. He says why? In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, that's the end goal. Yeah, you may get famous in, in, the, in the meantime, in the process. You may be well-known. You may be the one that's honored. You may be the one that has, has influence. But if that's all it is, you've fallen short. Does God get glory from your stewardship? Does it point back to the father and what he has invested in you and how he has? And now people are looking at you. Yes, but they are amazed at God. That he was able to do that which you did through you. Don't feel bad. People be like, wow, I couldn't believe you did that. God must be awesome. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say God must be awesome. You're trying to say I'm not great? No, I'm trying to say that your greatness is due to God. And I don't want to focus on your greatness. The end goal of all of our serving and our stewardship is that God would be glorified through Christ who saved us. And so in Christ, he is the one that is getting the glory pointing back to the Father. Folks, that's what we want as we are looking to be good stewards of this giftedness. Our end goal is to him, is that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And even if in your life he's not, I love the ending phrase, this doxology almost, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love that. Amen. It's so big. He said, look, even if your life is not glorifying to God, to him belongs glory whether you give it or not. To him belongs dominion. In other words, he's getting glory in some way, and he has dominion in all ways. For, and, and I love this, not just this year, 
forever and ever, so be it. See, understand for you and I, man, God has handed us something that is precious, that is a treasure, and he wants to get glory from it out of your life. Will you let him? You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.